Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Chatillo Coster. A few weeks ago, I replayed one of our most popular episodes, Seven Ways to Improve Your Email Marketing. In that episode, I walk you through all the different elements you can test in order to improve your results broken down by each KPI or key performance indicator. For example, testing subject lines for open rates, calls to actions for clicks, etc. Today's episode is a continuation of that. I want to dive a bit deeper into the actual content of the emails and some tips and tricks for how you can optimize your emails to better convert your customers overall. But before we dive into the what, let's talk about the when. When do you want to use this content? As usual, it's going to depend a bit on your business. And yes, I will give you some specifics as we go through this episode, but you know I prefer to teach you how to figure it out for yourself. So I want to set the stage for you before we dive in. When you're writing your emails, whether they're campaigns or automations, I want you to ask yourself, what does the customer need to hear from me right now to take the action I want them to take? In most cases, what we're actually trying to do is overcome whatever objections or answer any questions they may be having. And the content types we're going to be covering today are all related to helping you do that while also helping the customer make a decision. For instance, when you're creating your abandoned checkout series, what is holding the customer back from finalizing their purchase? If you're launching a new product, what does the customer need to know about those products in order to make a buying decision? If you're creating a welcome series, what is the journey you want to take your subscriber on and what do they need to know about your brand and products to decide if they want to buy from you? And I also want you to think about the exact moment they're receiving this email. For instance, with the new product example, is this the first email they're receiving from you or the third? What information do they already have? What have you said to them that maybe didn't land? How else can you frame the conversation for this customer? When in doubt, I always recommend you think about what you would say or the conversation you would be having if you were in person with them. All right, so let's hop into the content types. One of the most overlooked strategies and content pieces, but also one of the most powerful is messages from the founder. When I'm working one-on-one with someone setting up their email automations, I add in this type of content a lot. In most cases, you as the business owner are the thing that sets you apart from everyone else that sells a product like yours. So whether it's the story of why you started your business in the welcome series or how you incorporate your products into your own life and your other automations, messages directly from you relating to your customers in that very moment are super powerful. And it doesn't have to be some epic groundbreaking content. 
Remember, it's just a human on the other side of that email address. You just need to be relatable. Show that you understand where they're at in the moment they're reading this message from you. Messages from the founder can be sprinkled throughout all of your emails, and it doesn't have to be an epic story. Sometimes you can say all you need to say in one sentence. Some examples of how I've done this before is an esthetician who says sometimes they miss their quarterly professional treatments too. And that's why they created a really great at-home skincare routine and then goes on to share her favorite products. Or the knitter who loves the smell of wool and collects more yarn than she can ever possibly knit. Or the candle maker who sells candles because it's her favorite form of self-care and she shares her story of why candles are more than just a candle to her. Quite often, these messages from the founder will naturally hit on the next piece of important email content, which is objection handling content. At any given moment when your customers or potential customers are reading your emails, they're thinking of reasons why they don't need to buy your stuff. Those reasons are dependent on the item and the customer, but pretty much everyone is going to have them. Sticking with those same examples, the skincare customer might think they don't need to invest in great at-home skincare because they're consistent with their professional treatments. In addition to the fact that none of us are perfect and we're bound to miss a treatment once in a while, we can compare the importance of at-home skincare routines to that of caring for our teeth. If we didn't brush our teeth every day in between professional cleanings, we'd probably have no teeth left. In this case, we're positioning skincare as a necessity, not a luxury. For the knitting example, maybe they do feel like they have more yarn than they can possibly knit, so we have to give them permission to get the yarn they really want. That can be as simple as sharing the relatable story that you do that too. Or you can use the same logic I use when buying a pair of shoes to that the untrained eye looks like three other pairs of shoes I already own, but a professional knows why and how they're different. And for the candle example, maybe this customer feels like they don't need another freaking candle. And when we speak to the why and how the candle is a form of self-care to the founder, we can spark that same sort of relation to our customers, which could ultimately make them say, yeah, you're right. I feel that way about candles too, and I do need this one. In most cases, if you're selling to women or people with children, the biggest thing holding them back is probably that they think they don't deserve it or there is someone else that they have to put first. And know that rarely is price the objection. If people are hesitating because of the price, it's not the dollar amount. It's the perceived value of that item. Back in my fashion and apparel days, I used to reference the concept of cost per wear a lot. Essentially, you take the total cost of the item and divide it by how often you were going to wear that item. All of a sudden, a pair of jeans that are $180, if you wear them once a week for six months, they're just $6.92 per wear. Wear them once a week for a year, and it's $3.46 per wear. I used the same logic when my husband and I were purchasing a bed for our new home, not only were we going bigger, thank you king size, but we also went adjustable and higher quality specialty mattress. It was expensive, a whole lot more than I've ever spent on a bed before. But when you break it down over the lifetime of that bed and consider the better quality sleep we're getting, it's dollars per night. Like I said, the exact objection your customer is having is going to be different based on the product you sell and your specific customer. So you'll want to figure out what's going to resonate with them most. There are also some more straightforward ways to handle objections, and that can come in the form of your value propositions. 
These are things like fast shipping, easy returns, organic, non-toxic, woman-owned, sourced locally. Pick three to five main points about your business that are going to be important to your perfect customer that will help them make a buying decision and potentially overcome any objections they may be having. I love to include these in any abandonment emails and in the welcome series when they're getting to know us. And depending on how much content you have in your emails, I would include these before I added social links. In fact, you really don't need social links in those emails at all. We need them on your website, not on Instagram. Your FAQs are also really powerful. Not only are you answering their actual questions, but you can use your FAQs strategically to overcome their objections too. And this goes beyond the content you share in your emails, but even the FAQs on your website. A really great example of this is a client I worked with and have mentioned before on the podcast. She sells DIY nail polish kits. Because the kit has you mixing your own color with a combination of liquids and powders, people are often concerned they're going to mess it up. It was the first thought I had when I first learned about her product. I mean, how many of you remember mixing paints as a kid and just ending up with a doo-doo brown color? I'm not the only one, right? So one of the FAQs we created tackles this head on. The question is, what if I mess it up? And the answer is you can't because you can always correct it along the way and we'll walk you through exactly how to do that in the step-by-step directions and video lessons. Again, the FAQs that make sense for your brand and product are all going to be different, but you want to go beyond the typical when will this item ship type questions. Yes, those matter too, but let's go a bit deeper into the things that might be holding someone back from taking the next step. And that brings me to our last content type, which is social proof and testimonials. We already know how important reviews are to selling stuff on the internet, right? And it's not even specific to the internet or physical products. Studies have shown that consumers will check product reviews when shopping in brick and mortar stores. You may have read the reviews of this podcast before you started listening to it. Which, by the way, if you're an avid listener of the podcast and feel so inclined to leave me some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, I'd so appreciate it. (laughs) I also talk all about customer reviews on episode 16 of the podcast if you want to take a listen. But ultimately, seeing feedback from other customers about what you sell can go a long way to helping this potential customer finally pull the trigger. And you don't have to get fancy when you're adding these to your emails. In fact, screenshots of those reviews are more powerful than making it all pretty to match your email template. You can even use screenshots of comments on social media in your emails. In the past, I've just crossed out the name and covered any profile photos with on-brand elements to keep the content anonymous. One artist that I worked with, she has this flower icon that she used a lot, so we covered the photos with that and then used what looked like a paint stroke to cover the username. I love using these in abandonment emails, and if you have a small product assortment, you can even show reviews dynamically based on the product the customer was planning to buy. If you want to learn how to use dynamic content in Klaviyo, definitely check out the Klaviyo Badassery course. I walk you through step-by-step how to do that. So what's the moral of today's story? When you're approaching your email marketing, especially your automations, I want you to think of it like a journey you're taking your customer on. You're holding their hand through the process of buying from you. Think of yourself as a tour guide. What does the customer need to hear from you in this moment? When it comes to helping them make a buying decision and overcoming the objections they might be having, use messages from you 
objection handling content, strategic FAQs, value propositions, and social proof to overcome those objections. And bonus tip. Sure, we're talking about email marketing in this episode, but these same concepts can be applied to your social content, your website, your product pages, all the places. And I talk more about this in episode 46. We dive a little bit deeper into how you can track the results of adding objection handling content to your marketing content. So definitely take a listen to that one before you implement this. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass. Thank you.